welcome to the Hunter Sub. Uh, this is Fortuan here. Uh, this is kind of a different episode. Uh, as you may have noticed, uh, we are doing a new show called Event Quest. Um, so I'll start out by introducing our co-host for this show. Um, uh, start out with uh, Leo Riser. How you doing? Hi, I'm uh, Leo Riser. How you guys doing? Doing great. And then my IRL actual brother, Darth Tater. That's not his real name, obviously. I would hope not. Hello. I'm disappointed. Hi. <laughs> I am slightly too, but yeah, we can deal with it, I guess. I, I mean, we do call him Tater. Like, that is his legit nickname, so <laughs> it's close enough, right? Um, so, so what is this podcast? Why, why is it Event Quest? What, you know, are we... Are we going and slaying like monsters for Monster Hunter, like super crowns? No, this event quest is more of a tie-in to magic events, magic uh, in general. So we are doing a magic podcast, as in Magic the Gathering, not as in Tricky Tricks um, <laughs> with bunnies. And yeah, I'd be really sad to do a podcast about card tricks. Now, if you've done it correctly, you'll see what I saw. <laughs> right. That sounds bad. Um, so this, this podcast is meant to be a more lighthearted, uh, discussion about, um, magic sets in particular, um, as they come out. So like a set review. So if any of, uh, if you're familiar with any sort of like magic content creators, a lot of times they do big set reviews, giant discussions about everything in the set. Um, we're basically going to cherry pick what we like out of a set and talk about it. Um, but today's episode is literally just introductions of who we are as magic players and what we're going to be doing. So um, let's start out with you, Leo. Uh, what is your basically bio on magic? Uh, what what is uh, your your playstyle preference? How you got into it? Give us the give us the lowdown. All right. Well, I started playing magic about that actually be about a decade ago now. Um, started playing in high school, just had a big old stack of cards with a bunch of friends, uh, started all, right. all playing out of one collection that a friend had before we all started building our own. Oh and, man. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, you know, we divvy up the colors and fight over who got to play what cool green fatties. <laughs> <laughs> Honest magic. <laughs> the way Garfield intended. Um, Mm-hmm. Since then, I went off to college, started playing more competitively, have slowly built up from being a casual player to a local, I wouldn't say um, quite like high-tier grinder, but a mid-tier grinder. I've gone to a lot of Grand Prix when there are Grand Prix, PPTQs when that's what we had instead of Magic Fests and MCQs, mm-hmm. um, have come close to making it onto the pro tour a couple times but haven't quite gotten there yet but uh have done a lot of that and then in my free time i outside of that i also play a lot of magic casually with my wife sure. uh, our friends usually go to like a commander night at least once a week that type of thing and yeah uh, have just let this game slowly but surely take over most of my life <laughs> uh that happens for most people yeah, yeah. <laughs> most people will get invested at least um okay cool uh tater why don't you uh 
give us the lowdown on your history with magic and what you like to do. Well, say it probably started about when you did middle school. No real help knowing how to play at that point, and lots of arguments. One one argument over if an enchant creature was still an enchantment stopped us playing magic. <laughs> I didn't start again until I was in uh, college, right around when Original Zendikar came back. Mm-hmm. Played more like tabletop magic at that time. Then as time moved on, we kind of got more into actually playing standard, and that got taxing. That was the bad time of Supreme Verdict and Standard, and a lot of not happy Fridays trying to play something that wasn't the meta deck. Mm-hmm. So that over time evolved mostly into playing Commander, still play some Standard, have a modern deck and a Legacy deck built just for the sake of saying I have it and don't feel like I need to build one now. Death and Taxes and just some awful token thing trying to play in modern and you know, trying to have fun doing their own thing and just don't really feel like always playing the meta deck but you know sometimes when you're trying to play an aggro deck and standard and goblin chain whirlers running around and you have to stare at a handful of things with one toughness you're like maybe I should stick commander <laughs> so. right <laughs> um well, a little bit of history about myself on Magic. Uh, a lot of it is mentioned here because uh, my brother and I play with, uh, play a lot together. Um, you're actually the one that got me into Magic uh, again. I, like I said, we played in middle school because the art was cool and we wanted to do something nerdy and we were done with Pokemon cards. So <laughs> we went uh, to, like, a, we saw Magic cards, you know, the whatever times so that we ended up going to card shops to get Pokemon cards. Um, stopped in middle school because we didn't really understand it. I uh, kept a light interest through high school, never really got into it. Um, and it wasn't until uh, literally being bored on my honeymoon with my ex-wife that we picked up... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what what, do you, what were they called? Starter decks? Yeah, like the intro decks or starter, de- starter yeah. decks. My wife and I still uh, will usually pick up two or three of those each new set to play so that we're not having to worry about built decks. Right. So, uh, yeah, we played, uh, we tried to learn and play against each other. It didn't last too long. Uh, but not long after that, uh, uh, Darth Tater here took me to a my first pre-release, which was Core uh, M11, right? Um, and I opened... Is it that or 12? I think it was 11, because that, that's where I got the Demon at Death's Gate, which was my first Mythic ever. Uh, I opened it up and... I had fun playing that. Didn't do well, honestly. Uh, tried to play a black-red deck and just didn't work out. I uh, sort of lightly kept in tune with it until uh, Return to Ravnica is where I just sort of dove in. And we play, I played up until Dragons of Tarkir. Standard Friday Night Magic. Um, uh, I don't play meta decks. I try to do my own thing. Um... Uh, my greatest claim to fame was winning against that uh, Supreme Verdict uh, Elspeth like bullcrap uh, <laughs> qualifying for uh, was it a regional? I think you qualified to get two buys for a larger event. Probably playing yeah, like a probably planned. It wasn't even like a big event. It was like there's a there's a qualifier for something and you got buys to that qualifier. Yeah. 
if you were to go to it in Cincinnati. Well, I top I top eight in a in like an actual like event that was supposed we were supposed to go to Wednesday Night Magic, which was just like sort of like standard that that uh, wasn't it wasn't casual because it was actually you know tracked and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't Friday Night Magic. It was just on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And they replaced it with like an actual like qualifier or something like that. Probably like a uh, if it was a, if it was a few years ago, it was probably like a Grand Prix trial or something where you could get some buys, a couple round buys yeah, from those, something like that. Yeah, I think. and I ended up uh, beating a lot of the Supreme Verdict car decks that were there that night to actually try to be serious with my uh, green blue <laughs> Hydra deck. <laughs> that uh did very well um so but nowadays i just play in a commander league um i keep uh an eye out for cards and that kind of stuff Uh, i'm not near as uh into the competitive scene or even standard as some other people um i will probably be the least informed person on magic history in this podcast but but uh hey i like having fun with the game so why not i mean that's um that's all you really need (laughs) true yep uh, so that's that's a little about uh, uh, our background, and that kind of delved into my favorite story of Magic was beating that Supreme Verdict uh, against Bieber, we called him. <laughs> he, little kid that looked like Justin Bieber at the time, the bowl cut and everything. It was uh, it was pretty special. But <laughs> um, So uh, what's one of your favorite stories, Leo? Uh, I mean... Probably one of my favorite ones was just the so far best success I've had was I started out the day one of a Grand Prix. I had a one mm-hmm. round buy. My very first round that I actually played, we ended up going to time. And so I had a draw. And so starting off my day, I'm zero, zero, one and thinking, oh, this is going to be this is going to be a heck of a day. I'm already in a draw. And uh, one of. One of the uh, friends that I traveled the event with was like, no, hey, just, you know, keep your head in it. You you got this. And mm-hmm. I went and proceeded to win out the entire rest of the day. And so I ended that GP day one at 8.01. I was sick as a dog Ooh. and I spent the next day. I don't remember most of it. I know that I played against some pros. Um, hmm. I know that I got a couple of them to laugh because there were a good few points. If I'm losing a game... I will do whatever the silliest thing I can think of at the time that still potentially will get me somewhere. Right. Uh, so I got uh, I got Mike Sigris to laugh when I took control of his turn and then killed killed myself on it because there was no way for me to survive. Yeah. Um, but I was so <laughs> I was so sick. I was like, you know, everyone's offering me handshakes. I'm like, I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm I'm over here dying. Let's let's not spread the plague. And. Uh, <laughs> By day two, I remember only about half of that day because I was just out of it. I probably ate about two, three packs of cough drops in that first couple of rounds. But uh, that day one, that day one is the best one that I've had because I just got to keep running rounds back to back, finishing up with that deck. And uh, Awesome. So, so what was the deck? It was in... Um, it was Kaladesh Standard before Aether Revolt. And Okay, so not too long ago, right? No, it was not too long ago. It was like probably that'd be um, about a year and a half ago. Um, okay. Emrakul was still legal and it was the red <laughs> it was the red green um 
was the red green Aetherworks Marvel deck where you tried to have an Aetherworks Marvel and spin the wheel on turn four and hit an Emrakul or an Ishkana. And hmm. I had picked up the deck two days before the event because I'd been playing something else. And one of the guys that I played with was like, hey, this deck is, people are playing with this deck. This deck looks neat. You should try it. It seems like what you'd like. Do okay. you have all the pieces? And I went and I flipped through. And I was like, hey, I do. And I just was hmm. going through people round after round. It was absolutely obscene. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I am not that kind of person. <laughs> I am I'm known at the uh, the local game shop that we play for no- playing uh, one or two decks, and that's it. Like regardless of the situation. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get into what those are later, I guess. Uh, but like, yeah, for the longest time I had one deck and I played that one deck for five years and it was like a super fair, casual version of like a more competitive deck. (laughs) (laughs) And I like refuse to do stuff. Uh, uh, Darth Tater here gets a little frustrated with me sometimes because I'm like, nope, that's too many dual lands. I need more basics. And he's like, you're crazy. (laughs) My, My big issue becomes... He complains a deck doesn't work. <laughs> in the brewing phase of that deck, he's like, I don't know why everyone thinks we need card draw. And it's just like, please, let's just put the card in. <laughs> I mean, I get card draw, right? But it does, it has to fit the theme. <laughs> it has to fit. And that's, that is totally valid. <laughs> he's just seeking something different than most people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is why I'm going to be the least experienced person here. <laughs> um, so, uh, Darth Tater, what is one of your favorite stories uh, in your, your history of playing Magic? Well, it's kind of a two-pronged thing. Okay. Um, it is, ooh, what do they used to be called? Game Day. Mm. Game Day for Shadows Over Innistrad slash... I think it's Aether Revolt. Okay. So because similar they time both kind of... Yeah. So they both kind of were the same thing. Uh, the Shadows I was playing, you know, at the time Arlen Cord was still pretty new, and I was like, Red Green Planeswalker, the mixed bodies, and everyone had way more hype for the card on the onset than it was really good. So you know what? I see enough things to make tokens in Naya colors, and I'm just going to slap it token deck together that plays a ton of planeswalkers and brought out the first time to this game day and this local shop and we had like 13 people there yeah it's... went out the first round the second round just ends up being i guess there was a mono white deck at the time and there's kind of a friend of mine now and he said that he actually got stonewalled by nissa just making a plant token every turn because <laughs> he only ever made one attacker and committed enchantments to it and then notum had trample so he lost to 01 plants the next round, the guy, we were kind of close, but he was like, well, if you win, I kind of get the feeling that you're playing for, you know, top prize, so I'll fit, I don't want to hold you back. Thankfully, it looked like I actually won. You know, he might have punted. I have no idea. Hmm. Get into the last round, and I'm all excited talking to, you know, someone who's played locally, and that guy was like, oh, I'm so excited to win one of these mats. It's the first time I've sat down and, you know, fought in something to try to get a game day mat. I think a lot of them look cool. Played out the games, and it was just like, it seemed like he kept seven land opening hands, <laughs> but he said, I've never drawn worse. 
ever <laughs> in my life than against you just now. <laughs> oh, man. R- I was like, RNG. Okay. That's one way to get a champion, Matt. And the same guy, I go in, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Aether Revolt. And I'm just playing Marty Vehicles, which is something that was kind of in and, in and out of being very popular. I think uh, I just keep wanting to call it Looter Scooter, but Smuggler's Copter getting banned, like, made that deck really fall out of notice. Mm-hmm. And first round, I just beat someone playing the generic control list because it's like, turn six, you have no threats on the board, they tap out for a Gear Hulk to flashback. Whatever the card draw is, like something ingenuity, card draw spell. And both both games I killed him because he was at less than three. I still had an artifact in play because it was a vehicle I just couldn't crew anymore. Taps out for a gear hulk to get card drawn, like unlicensed disintegration on your dude. You gave me a legal target to kill you. And it happened both rounds. <laughs> hmm. I remember you like, talking about this, yeah. The the first time it happened, sure, I got him. But when it happened the second game and I TO'd him, I was just like, uh, Why? What? <laughs> Why? Why did you do this to yourself? And the last round was the most satisfying thing for me. The guy sitting across from the, the gentleman I played for uh, the other tournament, and he out loud says, There's no way you play four Fleetwood Cruisers as I'm staring at the third or fourth copy in my hand. <laughs> Makes the play that he loses to this. I get to untap Cruiser, Cruiser. Whack. <laughs> There's no way you play a full set. Uh, vroom, vroom. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, uh, what I mentioned is uh, uh, I, I, I beat, so, like, my last match that qualified me in that um, whatever whatever I was in, because I don't know the name of it, um, I got kind of the same sentiment because he played so many, he played four of Supreme Verdict, uh, and I was playing uh, the Hydra Miscutter, the Pro Blue uh, Haste, and uh, the Pro Blue Haste Hydra. And uh, he, he was like, there's uh, no way that you have four Miscutters in that deck. It's a bad card. And sure enough, I did. <laughs> and four of Kalani and Hydras, which double counters. So, yeah. He overused Supreme Verdict once, and he had no more removal, and I just swung in with nothing that he could do about it after that, and won. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't underestimate someone's love for a card. <laughs> Miscutter Hydra is a good is a good speedy boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a good, he's a good Hydra. He's... One of these days, I'll make a, I'll make a list of top ten Hydras. Uh, speaking of which, uh, one thing... Um, about me as a magic player, like I said, I'm probably the most casual person ever going to be on the show. <laughs> but um, I do collect hydras. I have every hydra that's been printed um, in a binder, uh, including multiple copies of hydras. I my goal is to get nine copies of each, so that it's a nice, cool, clean page of a nine-page binder every time you flip over. Um, and I have every single one of them to date. Um, I think the hardest one to get a hold of was a bunch of rock hydras, which is the uh, alpha beta <laughs> hydra that is terrible and should never play it. Um, <laughs> Gets head counters. Um, but, right. Um, yeah, and it's just like it, it can gain them, but I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's it's not it's not efficient. It's like you at pay all. three red on your upkeep to get one. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. To grow ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's not as bad as uh, was an ancient Hydra. That's a fading Hydra. It's like okay, it just gets worse every turn. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's stuff like that. I love Hydras. Um, unfortunately, I do not have a Hydra deck. No matter how many people joke around that I only play Hydras, uh, I do not have a Hydra deck. Um, I actually have uh, what do you? Uh, I only have four Commander decks, and that's it. That's all I have. I don't have any. I don't play other any other format. And one of them is indeed a Hydra, which is uh, Gyrus, the the waking, the, the waker of corpses. Waker of corpses. Yeah. Um, it is not a Hydra deck. It is a graveyard shenanigans deck, specifically using Gyrus. So <laughs> there are two Hydras in there, aside from him, because they're good and they can actually be used. Aside from that, no. Like, I don't, I don't have a... Uh, uh, as much as I love Hydras, they kind of got get short end of the stick in the commander format sometimes, um, because they take so much uh, resources to put into them, and it's hard to protect them alone. Uh, although we did get, uh, again, I'm not good on the card names, but there's a Hydra, a new Hydra Lord we just got in um, Core 2020. Um, Gargos. Yeah, Gargos. And everyone was like, oh, that's it. That's uh, Fortwan's new deck right there. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Needs to have another color. <laughs> Could have been green and blue or green and red. But no, it had to be mono green. So thus it locked out at some of the better Hydras. So it wasn't worth it to build it. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's a little bit about uh, like what I, you know, just like I just love Hydras. So like... <laughs> That's kind of been my focus, um, you know, a lot, a, a lot on Magic is looking out for Hydras and uh, cards that really affect the current uh, Commander deck that I'm playing, or, or decks in this case. It's only been a recent thing, maybe what four months that I've had more than one deck. Um, maybe less than that. Yeah, it, it's not long. Uh, I don't even think it was a full season, honestly yet. No, yeah, it was one full season at our Commander League, which is 13 weeks. So, yeah, it's been a little while. Um, so, so Leo, when you play, you're still playing Standard, right? Uh, you just broke up it on me. What was the question? Are you, You're still playing Standard, right? Um, yeah, um, I'll still play Standard. I'll still play Modern, just whatever competitive event season time it is. Um, sure. going to be dipping back into modern because it looks like most of the mcqs coming up in my area are switching over to being in modern so dust off some uh, dust off some hardened scales and see how big i can make walking ballistas again (laughs) just shriek and terror from hogak (laughs) i yeah that yeah pretty much (laughs) the deck is at least fair now yeah i hear i hear things back and forth because you know the last time i got to dust off the modern deck and got to have the blue white control pair look at voice of resurgence go man i've not seen that card in a long time yeah it's kind of scary like we we had tron in fact in that blue white control deck and the abzan just token you know nonsense i was playing so we didn't really have a you had a well representation you had like a good fair like two years ago looking modern format. Hmm. 
I I can't settle on a modern deck. Like if 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 I you know I've talked about it a couple times. Like if I were to build a modern deck, I don't even know what I would build. <laughs> I so I for the longest time was working on Affinity when I was first getting back into the game. I had like a with finances, my wife and I dropped out for a couple years on really playing. When we came back, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well I'm going to finish a modern deck, and I'd started working on affinity got all the p pe- like got all the pieces a week after i finished affinity i'm looking at you know all the stuff i have and i'm like oh hey i'm like ten dollars away from also having modern storm and so i've just been flipping back and forth between variations of that for years now oh and then that heart well if good you like something didn't play it, oh right? yeah and current current highest accolade that i've earned in magic is being told that I am the nicest person that has ever stormed off on someone. <laughs> that is pretty great. It was like a 200 person regionals. I'm sitting there. I play off, play against the play against her. We finished the round. And at the very end, she was like, you know, you are, that is the most fun I've had while my opponent was storming off ever. And I was like, see, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to win, but make sure that you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing, because like there are there are games where, yeah, I, I like the last Commander League uh, night we play on Wednesdays. Yeah, we we uh, we were driving back from it, and I was pretty mad because I had two of the games of the three games we played won, and then someone drops in with a two card combo and wins, and it's like, thanks. Glad I hate it. <laughs> Glad we can enjoy this fun and thrilling back and forth game of magic. Well, I mean, he had some of the bad part of his playing a red white deck. That's true. Trying to fight against a enchantment plus an instant combo. <laughs> like I, I think you're just done. Yeah, no, you, <laughs> yeah, you have your reasonable options are extremely shown up with a knife to a gunfight in that one. Yeah, yeah, we were also playing cowboy. Uh, are you familiar with that? Uh, no. Uh, so Cowboy is a five-person game in Commander where random assignments are, are given out uh, based on lands. Um, so there is uh, one plains, one island, two swamps, and a mountain. Um, sorry, Forest, my favorite land. You aren't weren't, you weren't involved. Um, but uh, the plains is the sheriff, and they have 60 life, and everyone knows who the sheriff is. There is a hidden deputy, which is the island. There is a hidden uh, mountain, which is the renegade, which the renegade uh, wins the game. So basically the sheriff wins by uh, eliminating all of his enemies, which is the uh, renegades and the outlaws. So, But he doesn't know who his teammate is. So he has to kill three of the four people without knowing who one of his teammates is. Um, so that's his objective. Deputy's objective is the same, except he knows who his partner is. So he has three opponents who we know know who they are. He knows his partner is, but he's got to try to convince the sheriff that he's his partner. <laughs> and I'm saying he in general. Yeah. But uh, um, and then you have the renegade who is I want to kill the outlaws and then kill the sheriff, and then the outlaws are kill the sheriff because of the uh, because of the renegade kills the sheriff, then the outlaws win because that's their win condition. Um, so, uh, Cowboy is a very political, like, uh, commander format because you're 
not only trying to convince the sheriff who's the deputy, which has become a joke to just scream, I'm the deputy by everybody all the time. People outside of the game. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> just uh, all kinds of chaos. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, the, the game that I played, I was actually the deputy and one of the, the outlaws managed to convince the sheriff that he was his teammate and then kill him with a two-card combo. And I was just like... Ah. I hate, I hate, I hate you. This is, this is just not fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like in general, it's, it's a fun, uh, uh, fun format. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, one, one more thing, um, before we get into, uh, I get we'll, we'll kind of make probably this, make this a shorter one, uh, cause we had, we had intended on having four people, but just the three of us, um, We'll just sort of go into, like, what what are we playing, like, right now as far as, like, what decks are we piloting right now or working towards? And then we'll end with um, sort of, like, our scale on when we actually do get into the set reviews and where we're coming from and that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, Darth Tater, once you start us off, what, what decks are you piloting, working on? Uh, I know you can't talk about all your decks because uh, you're working on that magical 32 for Commander. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, so kind of the quick snippet is, you know, Legacy Deck, Death and Taxes, this is pre-Brightling inclusion. I just don't get to play it much, there's not as much call for Legacy, I do really enjoy it. I like the idea of just playing white cards in a format that, you know, a lot of the time you think of Force of Will and Fetch Lands and Original Duels making the cost of the deck really terrible. But as a mostly Commander player, it's this shining beacon of, I have a place to play my Caracas. Hmm. And, uh, you know, talk about the modern deck, just Abzan tokens, and uh, played a little bit of Mardu Judith and Standard. Trying to tune the deck against Mono Red, and it's just, it's been a nightmare. The deck needs to run, like, four Sorens, just have a prayer to not die. Because if they just once have two Goblin Chain Rollers in their hand, they will kill everything in the deck. So, made the deck clunkier, made it slower, made the land count higher, trying to play the new Oketra, just trying to make bodies, like, it's just, my win percentage against not mono red has been fantastic, like, probably above 50, maybe even above 70, you know, just here locally, and every time i played mono red, there's two of me, and it's even been by people who are like, I'm not sure you know how to tap lands. <laughs> I just can't beat damage to my face so quickly. Right. But yeah, what uh what Fortwan kind of alluded to, I've I've gone the dark path of making a commander deck for each color combination that is possible, which without having the quest done has set me at having thirty five commander decks I've put together. <laughs> that way lies madness. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, kind of a, maybe just a few notable things on the on the bar. You know, pretty much a couple years ago, standard build of Sylvala Heart of the Wilds as a competitive EDH deck. Turned out I had most of it, considering I had a Sylvala. Mm-hmm. So, and that's taken me down the path of paying $150 for a Gaius Cradle a couple years ago, feeling like that was a lot. Now I'm feeling like I should have bought more. And mostly like to play Group Hug. You know, you get into different colors, you have to play different things. 
Um, one of my personal favorites that I've kind of come up with all on my own has been playing Grothama the All-Devouring as a mono-green group hug. <laughs> for people that don't know, it is a card from Battlebond that has a horrific downside for being a 5-drop, 3 and 2 green for a 10-8 worm. Um, whenever a creature attacks, it may fight Grothama. He just gives that ability to every other creature in play. And when Grothama leaves the battlefield, who, for each player, they draw cards equal to the amount of damage dealt from them and by sources they control to Grothama when he leaves the battlefield. So, you know, you have to worry about the ever so common Blasphemous Act also reads draw 13 for every cast it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there's fun. There's there's good and bad. And I played a lot of different things. Amanatsu is another one I've played quite a bit. Just flickering things. And our Commander League has a point system, and I kind of hold this crown of there's an achievement that only I have earned, which is make a creature interplay from your hand, from your graveyard, from your deck, and from exile all in the same game. Yep. Which is just not pointless nonsense, but when it gives me four points when getting 10 points on a day is fantastic out of three games. That's yeah, worth going through some nonsense. Yeah. That that is a hoop worth jumping through just to say that you did it. Oh yeah. Manifest is probably the thing that makes it the easiest cuz that's like, hey, that card is now a creature that came from my library. Yeah. <laughs> if if the manifest enchantment uh looks like primordial mist or something in your turn you may manifest the top card of your library and then you can exile it, play that card that turn. Like without that, I think it'd be unreasonable. But that alone, you know, I'm not trying to cast the what is it, the green pan glacial worm out of my deck when I search it. So yeah, just hit a lot of things because you just have to. And trying to do my own thing sometimes, especially the colorless deck, was something that really you know, the options are small. Mm-hmm. As much as the options are small when it comes to five color, colorless is really where it. So the one that I found that kind of hit the spot of, I want to do something I feel like is, isn't awful, but isn't just, you know, you see a lot of cause like when you see colorless, either one. So I went for Traxo Scourge of Krug, you know, good old four drop, seven, seven trample artifact creature comes into play tapped, doesn't untap normally, you have to cast a historic spell, you know, legendary artifact or a saga enchantment to untap him. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Gives, gives me an opportunity to play the old Eldrazi spell, um, not of this world, seven mana instant counter something that targets, I think it's specifically something you yeah. control. But, if you're using this to counter something that's targeting a creature you control with at least seven power, that spell costs zero. Ooh. Not of this world is sweet. So I've not got to use it yet, but I've been like, I'm ready. I can tap out, cast my commander, Get, get to the mode of like equipping some swords because we've got two new swords. So now we got to live the new dream of seven swords and jit on it and somehow have an opponent still alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the real question of who lasted long enough to deal with that many swords and a jit and not die. Right. Or who, who was left alone long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Who did I torture? I think that's the real question. <laughs> Play this really sword, came down not to attack. It. I'm just equipping and not attacking. Like I, I've got him. I can get the last one. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
so Leah, what have you been uh, piloting recently, and what are you working on, and that kind of thing? So, uh, I have never entertained, nor will I ever entertain, joining the 32 Club for a commander. Uh, okay. I, don't <laughs> I do, I, I'm, however, I'm not doing it. Have... <laughs> I do, however, enjoy building new commander decks. So I have, I want to say, probably 10 to 15 together right now. Um, okay. That's a lot more than me. <laughs> part of it is there are a couple things. Like, I'm not building every combination, but I do have uh, do have at least one of every monocolored deck. I did, okay. um, for a little while, I was working on having a monocolored deck that did something different than what the color normally would do. So, like, my mono-red deck was Felton, because mono-red became mono-red reanimator. Um, yeah. I also have, as a different one, I always enjoyed putting mono-red commander decks together, because people are always saying, hey, it's really, these are real like, mono-red is really bad, and I was like, that's fine. Uh, watch this. So I have, <laughs> right now I have five fully put-together mono-red decks, Wow. Okay. Um, That's awesome. And Krenko is currently sitting in pieces waiting to be rebuilt. Um, okay. So I have, like, that's, I have my Felden Reanimator deck. Um, I have Kirkesh's Inscrutable Machine, where my entire goal with that deck is to just get a whole bunch of artifacts in play, and eventually they'll figure out a way to kill my opponent. I just have to find which pieces go together at the right time. Um, so it's like a puzzle. <laughs> yes, I've okay. I have sat there looking at board states, being like, I'm pretty sure I can kill you all, but I don't know where it is. Go. <laughs> to be determined. Yes, uh, give give me a turn cycle to just stare at my board and figure out what the all these things can do together, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, okay. Past that. Um, we had started working on leg- on a legacy deck. We'd actually started working on death and taxes, but uh, abandoned ship on that one. Just we don't have legacy events played down here near often enough, and yeah. so and we had gone the judge foiling route for death and taxes, and so we we reversed tack <laughs> on that one, and we're like, yeah, we prefer to like have more money towards like our house down payment, and then uh, all yeah. of these shinies. <laughs> so we kept. We kept, uh, I think, minimum one of each of the foils in there, and a few of them are sentimental, but um, we did that. In Modern, um, I've got all of the pieces I need to switch my Storm deck to the Arclight Phoenix deck, and I've had Hardened Scales together since the week after it started popping up online, and I was like, this this speaks to me on an emotional level. Uh, (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's like, it started out, you know, like, hey, this is a deck that's popping up online. I was like, neat. Took it to a PBDQ like two days later. Ended a game with a 40-40 walking ballista. Mm. To be fair, I had to. He had My Blue Moon opponent decided to get two of the Platinum Empyrean out, so I had to get a whole lot of extra damage out. Um, and then in Standard, oh, okay. I just put together whatever's fairly decent at the time. Like, I've... I don't play standard events often enough that a deck will ever get played more than once or twice. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have Nexus together. Um, in a couple months, there's, like, a state event thing going on that I'll have to figure out a standard deck for. Omniscience will have rotated by then, so I don't get to play the silly um, Omniscience Flood of Tears deck. Oh, oh yeah. Omniflood, okay. is, Omniflood is dumb, and I love playing it, because it's just 
the stupidest thing to be like, I'm just going to bounce all of my permanents. Here's this omniscience in play. I'm just going to draw my deck now. It sounds very concerning because I know I actually know both of these cards. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's that classic. It's, it's pretty rare. Yeah, it's that classic. Take you know these, take this extremely overcost enchantment and take this really bad board wipe and you put them together and suddenly you have a combo deck. <laughs> you just... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, for me, I, I mentioned a little bit. Uh, I. I only have four commander decks. Um, it's really what uh, whatever uh, kind of hits me at the time for a long time, and I mean a long time. We're we're talking close to six years. I piloted one deck, and that was a Xenagos sort of like a red green mid range deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't too powerful. Uh, I didn't even have Vorniclex in it for a long time. It was just like, hey, here's some big stuff like Hamlet back Goliath and some Hydras in there. Uh, I think about the worst thing it could do was had a Hero's Bane Hydra, the one that can double itself, uh, put that down, make it super big, and then put in, uh, was it Chandra's, How? what is the one? I can't remember. Chandra's Ignition. Ignition, there you go, where it blows its, blows everything up for uh, equal to its power to all players and creatures. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wiped a table out. It was an eight-player game for 400 damage to everything once. That was that was fun. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, uh, I typically like to play um, sort of slower mid-range decks um, with a couple possible you know, creature combo pieces in there. I, I'm more so about doing combat uh, and, and actually tribal things. Um, so what I currently have put together, because I actually had to tear down that version of Xenagos, uh, because I was actually getting hated out of games in the Commander League I was in uh, pretty bad. And it's not because I was winning or anything. It was because another guy had a worse version of Xenagos that was like uh, closer to a competitive version of it. And they were like, oh, you're playing Xenagos. We're going to take you down. I'm like, I swear I'm not him. I don't. Oh, okay. So I just had to tear it down because um, I was just like getting stomped on. Um, but currently, uh, I have Xenagos again. Uh, I, I call him Zeno, Zeno Dragon. Um, it is Xenagos piloting a dragon's deck <laughs> where um, it just has like a lot of the good dragons, like Atarka, um, the Mother of Dragons, the you know all all sorts of the just the general good dragons. Uh, my favorite one being Balefire Dragon because Xenagosing a Balefire Dragon is just fun. That's like that's gross. <laughs> and then like uh what is it the, the flame twin flame shadow twin i can't flame shadow conjuring card yeah doing that on top of everything else is is kind of fun like <laughs> so it's uh uh that's a fast deck that you know i kind of have to focus uh one person down at a time but it works pretty well um the deck that i've been piloting the longest in its current state is gyrus waker of corpses uh, like i said it's kind of graveyard shenanigans um, it's got a couple like uh, decent plays that it can do where uh, obviously uh, you do buried alive, get a bunch of things in the you know three things in the graveyard. Um, and I always hit anger uh, so I can have haste. and then Gyrus pulls out um, Hornet Queen to get some stuff out or, or you know just build a board state to get a bunch of things. and then 
uh, have a bunch of token doublers and that kind of thing, and Sundial to keep the tokens uh, that Gaius creates because they go away at the end of combat unless I Sundial it. Um, but the big finisher is Crater Hoof with... Uh, uh, sometimes by himself works, especially if I have both the token doublers. When you bring in four copies of Crater Hoof, things get stupid. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, so that's that's the other deck I pilot. Uh, I have a one of my newer decks is Tulsimir, Friend of Wolves. If you're familiar with this card, it's uh, basically uh, a, like a, an elf that says whenever a wolf comes into play. Uh, gain three life, and that wolf can fight another creature you control. Um, he also brings in Voja, which uh, which is his sort of like wolf friend that is a three three that just does he, like he just creates that token. So immediately you get to turn on his ability of gaining life and fighting things. Uh, pair that in with an elf that uh, makes all wolves have death touch, and then you have a pretty much every wolf kills everything else. Um, that's fun. <laughs> and that's kind of what that deck is. Just a bunch of wolf tokens. Uh, that kind of thing. And then the last one is the newest one that I've only played once so far, which is Bryon uh, Stoutarn. I think is what it's... Throw yeah, it at yeah. him, Bryon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's got uh, the artifact that gives everything persist, if you want to give it persist. Um... Stuff like that, where you just keep... Cauldron of Souls. Yeah, there you go. Uh, got a bunch of uh, stealing other people's creatures and throwing them at them. Uh, and then um, I haven't got them in yet, so I'm still working on the deck. Uh, it's probably my least put-together deck. I uh, uh, still need a, lo a lot of the stuff, like... Uh, I don't know any of the names of the cards. Excuse me, I'm sorry, but... A bunch of the hasted five one and six ones and that kind of stuff that you ball lightning like things is what we're trying to get. Yeah, ball, yeah lightning. ball lightning. So you just swing in with it, and then when you're done with it before it gets before it kills itself, Brian kills it and gets lifelink out of it, and you're good. <laughs> and then maybe you have a persist counter, and before the persist counter triggers, <laughs> throw them. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, and then also the uh, there's a demon that says whenever something comes from the graveyard it deals its damage uh, to target it's a flare that yeah. it's a devil yeah so do that also uh, with the persist stuff and it's it's kind of janky uh, but it, it's fun uh, the one game I did play was that cowboy game I mentioned <laughs> that I lost in because the guy played uh, that enchantment that says hey whenever <clears throat> someone gains life they instead lose life and then he said hey. Mr. Uh, Sheriff there, double your life, which means kill yourself. <laughs> this how you die. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I have all sorts of enchantment removal at sorcery speed. Balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like a big introduction to what we are as magic players. Um, again, it's new territory for this podcast. Again, you know, we started off as a monster hunter and we're sort of branching out in general video games. And now we're doing magic and we're getting back into side quest, uh, and that kind of thing. But, uh, the big thing about this show, and, and I said it before, I kind of want this to be more lighthearted, uh, more of a lighthearted set review, because I mean, let's be honest, we're not going to be going up against like goldfish and anyone else command zone or anything like that. When we talk about set reviews, like, 
no, I, that's, that's a pipe dream that I would never have. Um, so I want to make this more about entertainment. So uh, the premise is that we all will have our individual scales on when we do a set review. Of course, it's going to be our honest opinions and most interesting cards, like an honest discussion. Um, but maybe our scales are not the best sub, not best objective scales for magic <laughs> is the premise. <laughs> um, so I'll start off with uh, my scale just to give you guys an idea of like uh, just how crazy this gets. Um, like I said, I collect hydras uh, and I pilot four decks. So the premise of my scale is that every set is a zero out of ten until it gets a hydra and then it immediately becomes a five out of ten. And then for every deck, uh, for every card that is in the set that I either can use in a deck I have. Or as a Hydra, pl uh, another Hydra, I would say. Uh, or that I just generally like it for the health of the game. It's plus one. Um, core 2020, what did it get? A 12 uh, out of my scale? Yeah, I had two Hydras and a lot of cards that you like. So it, it had a pretty good score. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of the premise of my scale. Uh, so... Uh, we so that'll be kind of the ideas. We talk about the set, and at the end, we're kind of like, it's a twenty out of ten, or a zero out of ten, or whatever it is. So, Leo, what is your scale for a magic set? Well, similar to yours, my starting baseline is: is there at least one flavor text in there that made me laugh? Because if there's not, okay. then I'm okay. going to be truly disappointed in the set. Uh, after that. Every card that I can see that I personally want to put into a combo deck of some kind will give me a point. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's probably going to be some sets where we're going to have grossly underscored values. And there's probably sure. going to be a lot of sets that are grossly overcosted because I can see a lot of cards and be like, I can do something with that. I'm not sure what, but All I right. can do something. Um, so that's where my scale okay. is. is how, how combo is it and did we have a goblin in the set that made me laugh? Because really, that's most of where the funny flavor text is going to come from. I mean, be fair. <laughs> uh, all star for flavor text for me is goblin diplomats for sure. Uh, are you familiar with that one? Yes. <laughs> uh, Basically, mooning the crowd. <laughs> oh yeah, just sitting there, just just mooning the crowd and having making them attack. Uh, I. Personally, just like you know, the quick inflate the toad on Goblin Balloon Brigade. <laughs> nice, I like it. All right, uh, so Darth Theater, what is your your scale? Well, I think we'll do a little bit of the <clears throat> cards I like, cards I care about. We'll give a point, but my my baseline is going to be the car the character I've hated the most in Magic has died recently, Gideon. Because in my mind, every set that had Gideon was another excuse for them not to give me a Johnny, my favorite <laughs> character. So for a long time, my sets are going to be 10 out of 10 baseline, because Gideon's dead. Rip Chad, long live Cat Dad. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, they call him a Chad? I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. I'm behind on magic jokes sometimes. <laughs> Okay, cool. All right, so uh, long live Ajani, the Hydras, and combos. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, I think that's it that we have for today. So um, 
this is the part where we sort of talk about where you can find us and that kind of thing if you're looking. Um, so if you want to catch uh, catch the, this podcast and other news on Twitter, uh, basically you'll be following me, which is at uh, HunterTubPod. Um, so if you want to keep up updates of like when we're putting up episodes and that kind of thing, it should generally be right after full set reviews, uh, which is one coming up real soon for Commander, uh, whatever the new Commander set is called. Uh, but they've, they've been spoiling already. Um, so we're going to do one for that. So that'll be fairly short, fairly shortly from now. Fairly close. Week or two. I get to play yeah. Flashback Tribal. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I predicted that one. We actually had a little game of what colors are they going to be. And I was right, except for some of them had an extra color where I didn't think they would have a color. So, yeah, I was happy about that. Um, but, hey, if you want to uh, catch up with uh, you, Leo, where can we find you? Nah, you just broke up a second. <laughs> yeah, you, do you have, like, a Twitter oh, you like yes. to use? Or, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, somewhat, barely, sort of, at uh, LeeLivy2. Leo Riser's okay. been taken for years by some, I want to say, uh, looks like a Slovenian gentleman. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, All right. that's about it. Okay. And Darth Tater, you probably get contact through me. I know you don't have a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you can't get a hold of me. Just give up on that dream. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm important. I just, I just don't do all the social things that everyone else does. It's true. It's true. You'd rather talk in person. That's fine. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you in the next set review.